This week on Tuesday Noon, with so much focus on the Middle East and the media today, it's easy to minimize the political, geographic, social, and economic turmoil that's happening right across our border to the south. How do we step up as good neighbors in a politically charged, economically driven hornet's nest in Central and South America? That's this week on Tuesday Noon for September 26, 2006. I am recording that. <laughs> Welcome back to Normally another... Normally, Jamie's right and I'm left. <laughs> it is another Tuesday noon, another Tuesday, another noon, and uh, man, I'm glad I got that uh, that on tape. We're rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I am Pete Wright, and I'm sitting here in the cave with... Mr. Jamie Whitley. Mr. Jamie Whitley and... Mary Bradbury Mary Jones. Mary Bradbury Jones. Uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, Thank you. Uh, another week. It's always good to see you. Always guys. good to see you. Yeah. I, just, I really... I, maybe we've said this before. I just look forward to these i i plan my week i'm thinking hey tuesday's coming up and it's just it's good it's i know it's really fantastic. good yeah it's fun it's awesome. getting get into the habit now i think you know i well, think this are. is our i think this is our 13th show wow uh-oh i know can you believe that well are so we gonna be in trouble or something that's right yeah. the legs of the chairs are starting i have to my start lucky rabbit foot and, i know that <laughs> that's not politically correct for mary look i have a rabbit foot that's lucky <laughs> Right. Oh. Not not for the rabbit, yeah. right? Yeah. Fluffy, oh, yeah. my pet. Oh. What uh, what do we have to talk about today? Well, we actually have uh, one of our faculty members here with us. His name is Fernando Casafranca, and um, he is uh, from Peru. Teaches with the University of Phoenix. Been teaching with us for three years now. Uh, also, an, a University of Phoenix graduate. He got his MBA from University of Phoenix from the Mary Bradbury Jones School of. Yeah. Right. Congratulations. Right. 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 One of your students. Uh, Auspicious day. <laughs> she wasn't that? looking careful that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Um, so, and he, and he does teach for us in the Graduate School of Business primarily mm-hmm. with uh, teaching classes around strategic planning and some in the technology area. Um, he has been in the high-tech industry for about 20 years, uh, specializing in telecommunications, semiconductor, mm-hmm industry, and is currently an engineering manager with Radisys. Did I pronounce that correctly? That's correct. Great. All right. So he's here today uh, for us to kind of focus on Latin America primarily, talking maybe about immigration, Venezuela, perhaps how uh, technology is playing a role in that country. We'll see if we get there. But we've got a lot to... A lot of uh, topics to cover in a short period of time. Well, we sure do. I mean, we were talking before you you got here and, and just started just going off on some of these topics. And, I mean, it was uh, – where do we start? I mean, you brought an article, Jamie, well, right, that started, was interesting to We started talking about off. Venezuela, and I don't know if that's right. a good place to First talk. First of all, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Well, thanks <laughs> Thank for Thank you for having Yeah, way to go, Mary. Yeah, way to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, our guest is here, but we don't let him say hey, anything. Wait, you're the one that jumped in oh, on you top guys, of him. <laughs> you guys interrupt. Don't blame me. Yes. <laughs> do not blame me. Hey, um, Fernando, okay. why don't you tell us, uh, you know, where you tell us about Peru? Let's start. There. Okay, well, um, we I was born and raised in Peru. Mm-hmm. I lived there half of my life, a little less than half now, but 21 years. Uh, graduated from school there, and I got my BSW also for, from Peru before I could validate it here in the States. Then I came here when I was 22, and I've been here since. So I can tell you that. Technically speaking, a little bit more than half of my life I've been in the States, right? Mainly in Oregon. So I'm an Oregonian, but I was born and raised in Peru, and my family is still there. So I'm in close contact with uh, my family, my roots. And so I'm one of those individuals who, who has kind of bipolar 
nationality. Right? Do you do you, re you return often? I go there quite often, at least once a year. See my mom. Okay. Are you a U.S. citizen? Or? Yeah, I am a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Legally, legally. Do, uh, <laughs> I have a green card. We must make sure we're, we <laughs> yes, make that right. clear. He it's is an American legal. Express. You didn't yeah. make a, <laughs> a green card. You didn't make the run American across Express. the border. <laughs> I. No, no, no. I never ran across the border. I flew over the border many times. Very good. What, uh, what brought you up here? Essentially, it was education. When I finished um, my BSWE there, I came try to to do my master's in electrical engineering, and I convalidated my... I did my postgraduate uh, studies here in Oregon State in PSU. Uh, in, so initially, it was Oregon State that, that OSU, attracted you? PSU, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's where I landed, right? Um, initially, I just... My intention was just to get my degree and go back home, but... As I was getting my degrees, I got married, I got a kid, so I had to have a job. I started as a technician, then they hired me as an engineer. And, you know, the rest is history. Ended up staying here. Always a woman in her life. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the woman's fault, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been in managing engineers for over 20 years. Uh, started doing telecommunications. I was part of the... Uh, Birth of the internet. I was building the. Were you next to Al Gore? You and Al Gore were yeah, sitting right there. Yeah, actually, doing uh, we were oh. building. We were building the ramps to the information superhighway. Right, that's kind of the yeah. job we were yeah. doing. And Al Gore Where, wasn't with there. Which, uh, Gore wasn't with there. which organization? What organization? Uh, it's ADC Telecommunications. Okay. We built all of the DSUs, CSUs that go in front of the routers that are connected to the wide area network. Right? And wow. you didn't all see Al stuff. Gore. No, he wasn't there. I'll, although I know from our background in software that he invented the algorithm. Right. The algorithm. The algorithm. That, See? Yeah. Now that's one I've never heard. <laughs> no, you but only an engineer. Yeah. Only an engineer. There right? you go. Very good. Yeah. Good. So. One of the things we've been banting around uh, earlier today is the whole political climate in climate in Latin America and the United States and mm -hmm. Cuba and how they relate. Particularly this Venezuela is really in the news today. Uh, President Chavez right. was at the UN. Uh, called Bush, uh, I don't remember exactly, I'll have to look that up here, I've got it. Oh, we called him the devil. And uh, this is off of the Associated Press just a couple of hours ago. Uh, the leftist leaders joined Iran in opposing U.S. influence, accusing Washington of domination and exploitation and pillage of peoples of the world. And we appeal to the people of the United States and the world to halt their threat, which is like a sword hanging over our head. Who is this guy? And, is this and, and what is the threat? I'll give you my perspective. Like I said, I spend most of my time here, but mm -hmm. Latin America, it's every country is uniquely different. And even within every country, there are several microcosms based on the, um, you know, the cultural origin of their people. There's a mixture, like I was telling you earlier, when the Spaniards conquered Latin America. The Spaniards who went to Latin America weren't the best and the brightest, right? They were mostly well, dead, what do you dead, mean? dead row inmates. So people who were destined to the gallows, it was either the gallows in the, uh, in the Inquisition or they jump in a boat and go conquer Latin America. So that's what they did. Wow. So uh, they were mercenaries? Worse than mercenaries. In fact, uh, Peru but, was... But hired thugs. Very hired thugs. In fact, Peru was founded by a guy named Pizarro, which mm -hmm. in the foundation of the city of Lima, which is the city that he founded, he founded in a place that was closest to the ocean, the easiest port to escape, because they were afraid of the Indians, right? That was the thinking of it. Uh, if you go and see the foundation of the city, the, the document the, where it was written, there's an X, because he didn't even know how to write it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, there were shepherds, wow. ignorance. Yeah. And 
So if you put that in context, Latin America has evolved. Different countries have different mixtures of different ethnic races, cultural races, and and what happened? There is this big economical divide because these countries, Latin America, has been and still continues to be a source for um, natural resources. Right? Essentially, it's a place where you go and exploit and take oil, fish, uh, minerals, right? And right. they don't really develop uh, an infrastructure because you're always just exploiting that as a, as a source for uh, natural resources. Well, when that happens, few people get very rich and the rest of them don't have access to that. And these societies are built on, up on that foundation. No to, middle to, class. To, no middle class. To protect the upper class, right? The, right. The, 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 the sort of five percent of right. the, the ruling party. And right. Then. Now, they with the, with the times, people have become more sophisticated, and they no longer just stay in power politically, but they have economical power. So, they let sometimes people like uh, Chavez in, in in Venezuela, who are demagogues, who cater to ninety five percent of the popula population, who are destitute, uh, some of them ignorant. And with very short-term thinking, where well, they offer them, you know, free food. If you if you vote for me, you know, I'll give you a sandwich. But some people do that. Yeah. Wow. And what it does, it, this kind of populist leaders, so-called leaders in Latin America, cater to to the need of the poor, and with false pretenses, right? They offer them solution to their problems without any accountability, mm -hmm. right? The the concept of impunity is is very prevalent in the sense if you're poor in, in one of these countries, you are not accountable. If you hit somebody with a car because you're poor, you don't have to have insurance, you don't have to pay for anything. Um, you're entitled to, the state owes you uh, free medicine or free education, or by the way, and also free housing, um, just because you're pure, poor and mm -hmm. no, you don't want to have to pay taxes. That's for the, peop for the rich people who, who are stealing from you. So that, that mentality. Well, it's like the Democratic Party in the United States. I agree, yeah. but. And I'm Mary rolls her eyes. Going there. <laughs> there you go. I, I won't show you my GOP card. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in my NRA card. And, yeah. I have one. Of those. Yeah, there you go for you. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Greedy oil party? <laughs> Greedy oil party. Uh, no way. You're Don't proud card carrying there. members of that group? Don't, Don't even this, go there. Uh -huh. The God's party, but okay. The God's God party. party. <laughs> That's true, too. Are you yes, kidding? Uh, they created the Venezuelan crisis, <laughs> darn it, and they're proud of so, it. It you know, probably was the CIA. So what's happening in, in, in Venezuela, right? Yeah. This guy is elected by the populist, the, you know, the big masses. But right. the big masses have no influence or say so in the running of the country. So it's the smaller sector that runs the country. They actually don't like this guy. Most countries in Latin America... Most educated people in Latin America think he's crazy, and he is. I mean, he's why is he crazy? I mean, because I mean, he uh, Roosevelt called him Hitler. Well, Hitler, I yeah. You, I mean, you, you, you know. gotta take it from who's coming from. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, Roosevelt, Roosevelt, yeah. That seems a little. It's not the best of the brightest. Yeah. Right. But he's he he leverages on this. He's he's a populist. He just wants attention. He compares himself with Castro, right, in Cuba. Well, there's totally two different realities, right? And the only reason he's still in Venezuela is because Venezuela still has money coming from oil, right? And he's trying to use that to, to leverage, to kind of you know, take the uh, 
thumb against the United States. Raising the price of oil for the United States, but well, dramatically <clears throat> decreasing the price for the other Latin American countries. Well, not even, yeah, not he even, gave a fair even. amount he's, of heating oil to the, e to the right. northeast at a much cheaper price well, than our he, country he's, he's, He does these things, but, but these are just populist jests, right? They yeah. have absolutely no substance. Sub substance to it, no economic value. If you think about it, what he's doing is he... He lowered the price of gas in, in Venezuela to, what, 17 cents or 70 cents a gallon, just for the Venezuela, just to show that he can do it, just to prove that he can do it. Yet, at the same time, he's um, nationalizing all the golf courses in Caracas, which is the main city. Golf courses, we've been there for 100 years, mm -hmm. right? And they're beautiful landscape, but in the middle of the city, but he wants to build housing for the poor. Rather than do it on the, on the outskirts, where you need to really work hard to build these houses, he's doing it. He wants to do it on a nice manicure lawn. Wow. So he's taking private golf courses right. that people are paying money to create, and you're creating right. business and enterprise. Right. Taking it, the government now owns right. it, and then building housing for, right. for poor people. Right. And it has two effects. One is sends the signal to the people who, to the private sector, saying, I have power. I can do that. Two, tells the, the, the lower classes, the, some of the ignorant and destitute, that, yeah, this is a way to get even. Right. So on your face, in your face. Right? Get back at the man. Right. There you yeah. go. So that's, that's the, the role he's playing. And he's going to keep playing that role as long as he can get away with it. The, the, what he doesn't know or he's not aware of, that there's a, there's a change in the world as far as the United States is an economic power. And by nature, the United States have neglected Latin America. Okay? They have neglected mm -hmm. It's like our backyard, right? We seldom get rid of the weeds. So a lot of weeds growing on there now. We focus on the problem. Now, there's two other powers, and Latin America is trying now to do business with the European Union and as an alternate partner. Mm -hmm. And to complicate matters, China, who is becoming fast-growing power, is now catering um, Latin America to buy resource, raw materials from Latin America because China, for their development, desperately needs raw materials and because they have zero infrastructure or very little infrastructure, right? Right. So... They're going to Latin America. Uh, Chavez just signed a contract to, to supply oil to the Chinese. Yeah, I saw that he signed like right. five so, contracts. It's Cuba right, and it's right. China. Right, and, and, and he's threatening with the, the idea of, uh, well, I can send my ships rather than send them to the east coast of the United States. I'll, I'll send them to send China. Them right. So he's acting that way, saying, hey, I found somebody better than you. Right. What he doesn't know is that, that better than him has more ulterior motives that are not as as good for the country as the United States. We, we are imperialistic, but we have a good intention somehow. We want to develop those countries. We don't want to rob them blind, right? The Chinese, on the contrary, they want to act, have access to Latin America, and they want to clean up the whole Amazon jungle. They don't care about ecosystem or anything. They just want to take all the raw material they can, fast, quick, and really deplete that area. They could care less. So in the end, it leaves you poorer than when you started. Exactly. So that's the risk, okay? Mm -hmm. um, is there any manufacturing uh, in Latin America of, of exports yeah. of things other than oil and oh, natural yeah. there, resources? There, 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 is, there is an industrial infrastructure. It's not as strong or, or bigger than in uh, other countries in the world. But, yeah, they have it. Uh, price competitiveness? Can we export... Yeah. Making shoes, for example, there are something that there is, there is, there is, that there is a lot of good quality products that they, they produce, mm -hmm. and they're marketing now. They're, they're, they're one of the benefits of uh, of NAFTA or the 
free trade mm -hmm. agreement. Now every country is negotiating their own. It's um, is that they're expanding their you know their market, having more access to our market here, and their their industries are growing. And there's a lot of competent people, a lot of, you know, good yeah. industry. But yet it's it's in the infancy, and again it's because there's no the, the distribution of wealth. There's no balance, right? So you still have that five percent that that rules, but. And there's no way out of that. I mean, how how do you how do you break that five percent barrier when there is no middle class? That is the challenge. Uh, however, I believe Latin America will come around. I mean, they it, they go in cycles, right? Um, in the last twenty years, they they moved to the right, and now they're trying to move center to the center to the left. And you see, Bolivia has all these populist guys, and it makes you wonder where these people came from, right? But mm -hmm. that's because the we in the United States have a totally misconception of what the democracy is. Right? We try to export the democracy the way we understand democracy. Right? Equal rights for everybody. Everybody has a right to a vote. Well, there are certain realities in where not everybody should be voting. That's what you get when you let everybody vote. Right? You elect the wrong people. So. Well, and then it goes back to education. Right. Absolutely. Education is the great equalizer that allows people to right. think through yes. those things and say. Well, you can't buy my vote with government handouts. Right, and, and things are changing. Uh, inter the internet, for example, is changing now the way the world is being seen. Right? So How much the, what's, yeah, I was just going to say that. What's the propagation of the internet in, in Latin America? Okay, I mean, yes. that's, that is an interesting subject. The, the digital divide, the internet uh, has a bandwidth, right, a finite bandwidth. 50% of the bandwidth is used by the United States. We are less than 5% of the population. We're consuming over 50% of the bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm. The other 20% is Europe, and the other 20%, I think, is Japan. Latin America, Africa, is, is less than 1% of the access to the Internet. Wow. Yeah. Is uh, there private access to Oh, you have, you have. Actually, you have a lot of... Uh, all the telecom companies from, from the states are all over Latin America. Okay. The beauty of the Internet now with wireless is that you don't need an infrastructure, right? So you cell phones and access to the internet, it's every, they're everywhere, mm -hmm. right? But they're still not utilizing it as much as they could, okay? Well, and if but it's, it's, it's changing. Well, if you're one of the 95 percenters, how do you even afford it? That is true. I but mean, the, one phenomenon that you see in Latin America is a lot of internet coffees, right? I mean, you just go to any shop and there are 20, 30 computers there mm -hmm. and you just pay like 25 cents an hour and you, mm -hmm. you got access. And there you're online. Oh, yeah, you're online. Is it it's censored? Hmm? Censored? No, not in Latin America. Not like in China or Singapore. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's it. I think it, the internet will be one of the equalizers, right? But it's going to take time. Is it well, like you, Cuba, where uh, Cuba has? And we were talking to to Doctor Ernest and well, and some of the issues there, where where there's this KGB that is well, watching yeah. what you're saying, well, and you can Cuba. Get, Cuba is totally different. No, Latin so, America is not like Cuba. Okay. Right. Well, it takes to the issue of Cuban communism and Latin American democracy, I say in right. quotes. Right. Because you get voted in in, say, Venezuela, but, yeah. but it's kind of rigged. Right. But, but, well, I mean, kind of rigged is really the issue. I mean, aren't these 5% just as concerned about what the populists are going to, or what the rest of the country is going to say, or the rest of the community? There are, but they're more, more concerned to protect their own, their yeah. own power and wealth, right? Yeah, maybe but then again... Be careful when you talk about Latin America. Every country is yeah. unique and different, and they have their own. So they're different, like islands, right? They yeah. have their own issues. So tell us about Peru. What's the political structure there? Peru is an interesting country. Um, they're so-called democratic in the last 30 years. 
Because they had a, they have a lot of terrorism in the 70s with the Shining Path. I don't know if you hear about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Pol Pot in Cambodia. It fails and backlash. And now it's a very democratic country that it's, there is more, it's a more, um, has a lot of liberal economic policies. And it's doing really well financially because Peru is, again, uh, raw materials. They have a lot of gold, you know, the price of gold is going up, copper, uh, fish, oil. So the economy is doing great. I mean, for Latin America, it's one of the fastest growing. But yet, you have these social imbalances and these social problems, right? It's, can, it's in Peru as well. Yeah, absolutely. Every country. So you were growing up there during the Shining Path. Uh, I left, yeah, after the Shining Path. I've seen some of it. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Uh, it's pretty scary. Um, if you look at what we see in terrorism here, it's, we, we've seen it over there, cars blowing up all the time. I mean, cities with You mean terrorism's people. not a new thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hate to break your yeah. heart. I mean, we have... Actually, my, my opinion is... The problems they have in Iraq, they should hire the Peruvian uh, special forces to go clean it up because that's what they did. Hmm. In Peru, they, they copied the model from Cambodia where you hear about the Pol Pot in Cambodia, right? They yes. were mm-hmm. killing, killing pills. I don't know if you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Anybody with intelligence or if you have glasses, if you know how to read, you were shot immediately. Right? They, right. Mm-hmm. Their concept was to destroy anything resembling to the modern society and, and build it from scratch. Peru tried to do the same thing. The Shining Path tried to do the same thing. And they cater, they tap into the most destitute, uh, lowest level of society, most violent, which was in the lower class, the, the indigenous population, the natives, and within them, the women, because these are very male chauvinist society. Mm-hmm. So they tap into the women who turn out to be the most meanest, ruthless killers, because they had so much hate, right? So they were very effective. But... Uh, the government copied the model from uh, from Cambodia when they stopped Pol Pot, in which it was their cells, terrorist cells, okay? And they, they instituted these um, tribunals where you get prosecuted by hooded judges. So you couldn't see him, you could not blackmail him wow. or anything. But it was either, you know, life in prison or kill or, you know, fire squad, or you give me the name of five people who are in the, in the organization. So, and... Uh, if you came clean and you you repent yourself, you were forgiven, and that paid off. So they were able to get to the top. Um, could we do that here? That's interesting. I think McCarthy tried that. Yeah, I mean, there's no way we could. Well, we, don't, it have, is, we don't have that kind of problem. But it is so, an interesting though concept. The concept that they go jail, about. die, or they read out five of your buddies. Right. It's yeah. funny how people talk in front of, with those choice of mind. But yeah. You work over there, so. Now Peru is more a democratic place. I mean, they still have some uh, terrorism uh, cells and still active, but not as much, right? And then they have the problem of the drugs between Colombia and Peru and the cocaine. Right. Which, when you have Bolivia and a lot of political unrest as right. well. Right. Well, Bolivia is, Bolivia is a totally different um, environment where the problem there is the indigenous population is almost 90% of the, the society, and they don't want to... They don't believe, they, they were misunderstood. Their culture has not been assimilated into the, the, mm-hmm. what we call the occidental type of, uh, they still want to be ruled the way they were ruled 500 years ago, and they don't want to deal with anybody, right? And they resent the fact that they don't have uh, exit to the ocean, and they're trying right. to negotiate the ocean, and now they're trying to leverage on the, they have gas, a lot of natural gas, right? 
uh, the populist president was elected, said, I'm going to nationalize the gas company, shut, shut off the, the gas pipe to, to Brazil, which lasted 24 hours by the Brazilian said, what, what are you doing? All <laughs> 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 right, so they changed it, but that's, it's a different country. Yeah, they have something like 20 different political parties. Oh, I mean, or more than that. More it's than that. crazy. Right. Again, uh -huh. the misconception of the democracy will work with political parties who have an affiliation over there is uh, Latin people, the end is what we call, them. their egos are bigger than themselves, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the United States, the United States is the third largest Hispanic-speaking country in the world, right? Yet, yeah, you didn't know that? Mm -hmm. Mexico, Spain, and the United States, yeah. 35 million. More than any country in Latin America, Spanish-speaking mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Yet, right. those 35 million don't have the presence or the power in our political system that you would think a, a solid, cohesive group social group will have it, right? Because it's not a solid, cohesive because, social group. No, because out of those 35 million, there's 36 millions of egos, right? One bigger than the other. That's, that's the truth. Well, it's very, it's very fragmented. Very, very fragmented. Yeah. I was going to pick up on this issue of the Spanish people, Spanish-speaking people mm -hmm. in the United States, and that, that drives this immigration the question. Immigration. No. That, and, and people coming across the border right. and... and Tell me how you feel about that in legal it's, immigration and illegal absolutely. immigration. It's yeah. an interesting concept. I have a, my opinion. I'll share it with you. It's not political. Um, immigration is a phenomenon created by economic necessity. Mm -hmm. All right? It's not a unique problem to the United States. Europe is suffering the same thing with the Africans. Massively. Coming, yeah. right? uh, Turkish people are moving into Europe. In the United States, we have this phenomenon of people coming from Latin America, essentially from Mexico. Right, the majority of people are migrant workers at the lowest levels of their society who are looking for jobs. Because they, where they are, they don't have a job. And they don't have a job because their government didn't provide infrastructure for them to work. Okay? So the analogy I like to present when I talk about this is like you living in a neighborhood and having a neighbor who's an alcoholic, all right, who happens to have five kids. Mm -hmm. Well. You have two kids, and one of your kids befriend one of these three years old, brings him home one day. You feel sorry because the three-year-old hasn't had food for three, four days because dad is out, you know, bending the elbow. So you bring him one day, you bring him the next day. Eventually soon, he just stays. Pretty soon the kid comes and starts bringing his family, his brother, his siblings. And you are feeding them. You're doing a good thing for the kids, but you're, what you're doing is you're enabling the alcoholic to continue to be alcoholic and not take ownership of the responsibility. So what happens? There is so much food you have in your kitchen, so many. There comes a moment when you cannot have all these five kids plus there are 30 relatives coming here. So that's the problem we're facing in the United States. Now, the, the immigration situation we right now have with illegal immigrants, in my opinion, is it's a reflection of the lack of uh, creativity and, and competence of our political leaders, okay? Because the problem is real simple. It's, it's an economic necessity. These immigrants, these Mexican laborers, I'm using Mexican, but anybody who comes here to, with no skills, say, mm -hmm. okay, other than they need to work and a tremendous desire to work, they don't want to stay here. The fact is, when you see them, they, they live in their own communities, they mm -hmm. try to do their own thing, they don't even speak English, they don't even learn English, right? And we even have this argument whether English should be 
the only language we speak here. Absolutely should be. Go to France. Unless you speak French, you don't live in France. In the United States, in my personal opinion, unless you speak English, you have no business here. That's my personal opinion. Okay. Now, the problem is... I agree. The, the, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed right, here, certainly, right. but I think you, you should better be learn, standard. Right? So the, here's the problem. We assume that these people come here and want to stay. That's the biggest misconception. Because, because the whole reason, I mean, they don't want to learn English. They no. don't care to learn English because yeah. they want to make some money and go and send it home and go home. Would you want to live exactly. away from home like so, that? Yeah. So, so here, here's the deal. Here's my opinion. The problem they come here and stay here is because we don't let them out once they're here. And guess what? That creates, they miss their family, they miss their wives, their children. But they smuggle them in because they're missing. So we're attracting more people. What we needed to do, in my opinion, is open the borders. I don't believe in illegal immigration. Everybody who's illegal and breaks the law needs to pay the consequences, need to be round up and send it back where they came from if you break the law. But we should have a system that allows anybody who comes to work here and work here. Here's what I would do. With the new technology elements we have nowadays, uh, credit cards where you have you know, biometrics on it, let's create a system where, let's say, we sell three types of visas, all right? Just for discussion. You can elaborate right. on this. One of them would be... You want to work in the United States and you want to make between 5 and $10 an hour, meaning lower skills, okay, I'll sell you this ID for a year, this permit, this working permit for one year for $3,000. I'll sell it to you. It's issued by the government. You take your pictures, biometric, you sell the guy. The guy comes or the lady comes here, works for a year, making 5 to $10 an hour. You hire him looking at this ID card. When they're done, they can sell that card back to the pool, get back their 3,000 bucks, they already made their money that they wanted, they go back to their home, they're happy. Because that's what they want. The next level is, you wanna make between 10 and 20 bucks? Okay, $5,000 a year. You wanna make beyond that? Okay, $10,000 a year. You create a system that is legal, right? You use you you make money because it's all about making money, right? It's a necessity. Right. And providing value to an opportunity. I mean, exactly, we need, we need cheap labor or affordable labor, let's call it, all right? We do need it mm -hmm. in our farms, and, all right? But yet, that need could be filled by us profiting from it. And then we're providing a, a, a legal channel to these people to come and provide the, the labor they, you know, the, they, they're willing to provide, and they, they generate the income that they're willing to, that they, they, they need to invest in their own place and let them go back. Is that along the same lines as the, the work visa permit idea? A little more sophisticated. But my, more sophisticated, my understanding but. of the, you know, when they throw around the, the number of illegal aliens mm -hmm. in this country, that all those people didn't sneak over the border. They actually came in, got visas, and never went back after they expired. Because, again... So they came in legally. Correct. But, again, it goes back to the, the, the lack of ability to go back, get out of the United States and be able to come back next time they can. Because right now, by law, if you come here legally, right, and your visa expires, you get into the blacklist. As soon as you leave, you can no longer come back. So, the so they can't ever leave ex if they want to continue. Exactly. To My point, you have to make a system that allows coming in back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to legalize it and profit from it. Let the government profit from it. Right now, the only ones who are profiting from it are the smugglers, right? Because they're profiting from these people. Mm -hmm. Now, and unless we do something about immigration, we talk about now 13 million, 14 million people. 
1995, we passed this amnesty law, right? And at the time, we had 3 million illegals. Well, the amnesty law was supposed to take care of these 3 million. Now we have 14 million people, mm -hmm. okay, allegedly, of illegal immigrants. If we pass another amnesty law, 10 years from now, you're going to have an 80 million people problem. See? That is the thing we need to keep in mind. I, so if you want my opinion, we can no Commercialize longer, the We can no longer order. allow illegal immigration in this country. We cannot. We must do something drastic, right? And I'm, what I'm proposing is, is it's looking at the root cause. Is that, guy, is that just you, Fernando, or is there support for a system like this? That's, that's my idea. Well, this concept. Because I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting here saying, I, you know, I've been trying to get my arms around this issue and trying to come up with a position that I have, and I, I, I'm going both ways. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I really... Well, because I have such a very sort of American perspective, a sort of a white male perspective. Don't, don't stereotype. Liberal. Don't yeah. stereotype. No, no I'm stereotyping myself. There, I mean, there, there are some good liberals. Yeah. There's some. <laughs> okay. But. Well, Mary. It, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Hey Professor now. Mary. But here, here's the Do deal. I need to run through the list of all the initiative liberals have done over the last 20 years no, that you're no, all no, benefiting from? Let me, let me get you I, a I whiteboard. And a, <laughs> no, but here, here's the deal. You got a small this, whiteboard. This is. This is this is an economic problem. It's not a social problem. We made it a social problem. But it's an economic problem because, and we made it a social problem because we don't understand the root cause. The root cause is these people need a job. We can provide it. They don't want to stay. Provide them a way to come in, work, and leave. But see, I would challenge to some extent okay. that it is a social problem because it, it, one of the ways to stop the immigration is to stop the need to come here. Mm -hmm. So when we take, when our corporations go into Mexico, let's say, mm -hmm. and do a plant there so, so they can rape the people, basically, right. and, and only and pay I, them and I work three bucks the, an hour, I work. that is unethical at my point. And that's where it turns into the no. social I, issue, I, I, right? I, okay, let me, let me... Am I off base there? No, I mean, no, no, okay. <laughs> I, I'm waiting. It's economic I'm, and hey, I'm still I'm on this side of the room. So. I'm with you. I... I happen to, the place I work for, I happen to manage factories, I mean, engineers in factories in Monterey, Mexico, and also in China. So I can talk to you about labor camps, okay? Mexico is not as bad as China, all right? But it goes back to the fundamental economic supply and demand, all right? You will pay whatever the market is willing to bear, all right? I've been in Mexico, and I tell you, on the maculadora plants, the way they work is every morning there is... 200 chairs, 200 slots for people to work, right? A dollar an hour, whatever you want to. And every day, people line up from 3 in the morning until 5 when the factory opened to get the first 200 jobs, right? Like in the Depression. It happens in, in Mexico. It happens even worse in China. I, see, I mean, things I've seen in China, it's a whole different world, okay? So it's economics. It, the, 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 the misunderstanding of the economical issue is what creates the social problem. Again, I'll go back to this. These people don't want to live here. They just, right. want, they just want the work. They want the money for it. Let them come in. Let them collect the money and let them go back. In the meantime, we can profit from it. <laughs> take taxes. We sell, you know, we sell this ID document. We, you make it legal. You take all the illegality away from it, right? And then... And put the, businesses and, in a position right. of sponsoring and these and visas. And at, the, to same, get and at the same time, going back to my original approach, you send the kids back to the alcoholic. Now, that alcoholic, which is the governments in Latin America, mm -hmm. have to face the reality that they're their kids, they're responsible for them. It's a situation they created. All we're doing is we're enabling them to continue 
status quo, right? Why is the, the Mexican president come and giving a speech? Well, yeah, let's legalize immigrants. <laughs> Better for them. Right? Exactly, because yeah. then they don't have to take care exactly. of their people. Well, exactly. then money goes well, back. Well, money goes right. back. That's really so exactly. our money goes back to support things that which they is, can't. Which is, in a sense, okay, as long as it goes through the right channels, yeah. right? right? The problem is for the four of us, right now, we are supporting schools, hospitals, for these people who have absolutely no insurance, no benefits, or no paying school. It's coming out of our tax dollars, right? And, okay, it's good to do charity, but there's a limit, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my point, is that I think unless we do something, and we do something drastic, it's the, the, the magnitude of the, pro of the problem is going to be 10 times bigger eight, eight, 10 years from now. I do agree that it's an economic issue. It goes back to Adam Smith and those wealth of nations that this rising tide. And, and so that's when we talk about NAFTA. While there's this short-term pain that maybe you, you're not producing steel or whatever right here, the theory is, of course, that maybe you're producing that steel in, in Mexico. And so therefore, their standard of living rises. And then over time, it's the great equalizer and we all do well. It works if the economic uh, train is moving along and you don't have people at the top who are ignoring things or, or raping and pillaging and taking because then it, it upsets the system. It works if those people truly want to help the, those other people rise up. Well, that's, right, if they're not taking that's advantage the assumption of you're making. But, but the only way that works is if the people at the top are not greedy and power hungry. Yes. And when they get greedy and power hungry, all they care about is widening the divide between of them course. and yes. the next level of because course. wealth is relative. That's right. So the only way the idea behind trickle-down economics, NAFTA, the only way those work is if those people at the top have altruistic uh intentions right. towards truly having that happen. And since they, they don't, they don't want that to and happen. Since they don't, but, we need to tax well, the bejeebers out of them and exactly. give it to Al Gore because well, Al Gore will spend it better than they. He's will. burning the air. <laughs> Absolutely, right now. he's he melting the poles right now. But, yeah. but here's the deal. Poor Al Gore. <laughs> what the hell did he ever do to you except serve his country loyally? I. It's he, ridiculous. He tried, he tried to run for president. That's yeah. what he did. But yeah. the, the thing is, I, I agree with you. The, the people who rule in those countries... Getting irritated. Uh, <laughs> are, you are? I, can you tell? I can feel your pain. <laughs> okay. okay. The, the re, those, I don't think I'm going to start to cry. Can the, I get one going here? Sure. Yeah. The, those rulers in those countries absolutely don't want to change the status quo. Right? Yes. That so is. What, but what we do, what we need to do is be the catalyst for change. Send these people back. These 14 million people who have issues, put them back in their country. Let mm -hmm. them drive change. Let them start a revolution on their place. In their you know, it's their country. It's their inherent right to have a better life in their country. They have the resources, right? Right. They have the resources. I'll guarantee you, and I'm, and I'm speaking for myself, right? I mean, I, I hate to generalize, but if you interview plenty of these poor people who are in an awful situation here, They'd rather be in their country doing the same thing or mm -hmm. better, right. right? And changing their country. They're, well, they're the most caring. They have a lot of family values, a lot of nationalistic values. I mean, they're good people, mm -hmm. right? They're just <clears throat> economics that force them to migrate to a place that they don't want to embrace. Because mm -hmm. you don't see all of these people, you know, integrating and, and wanting to be here. They, if you see their clusters where they speak their own language, and not only Spanish, I'm not, you know, you have a... Russians and Woodburn or Germans, you know, that is the key. 
So what do you think of Pat Buchanan's uh, opinion that this is all happening because um, Mexico wants to come back and take back the states that they feel we took from well, them? I, so this I, is all a, you know, underground plan to come back and steal Texas and Arizona and California Pat back Buchanan's from the United States. Uh, but but he's, but he's on the TV. He's spouting I gotta I gotta I gotta say something. My personal opinion. I think he's right in in a lot of things. Now he's political. He may not agree with you on that thing, but that's why he's not president. Right? Yeah. But I I don't believe there's an ulterior motive other than the people in power in Mexico wants to stay in power. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's economic. It's economic. Yeah. And simple as that. And there was there are issues in Latin America that I don't want to get into, but where institutions like the Catholic Church have enabled the overpopulation out of control, right? When there's no accountability, no no social responsibility, mm -hmm. right? So all that overpopulation, all that excess, is coming here, and we uh, open arms because this is a country of immigrants. Yes, it is, but to some extent, bring something to the table. And everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. There are legal ways to get here. Mm -hmm. And all I'm proposing is, let's look at the, the root cause. It's economic necessity. Then let's provide a mechanism to address the economic necessity. Right? Let them come in. Let them go out. You know, pay for it. In the, in the process, everybody makes money. Right? The government can make money. Anyway. Well, it is true that economics, in my opinion, drives social behavior. And so I, I'll do that again. They sit here and they look at us recording, and then they let the door slam. Yeah. Uh, it is, in my opinion, it is true that economics drives social behavior. And so it, then it does become, well, I'm only going to pay those people a buck in Mexico because I want more money as the, as the owner of the factory, and that's my own selfish behavior. Over time, you hope that, that it equalizes because the masses get enough money and they, they revolt well, and those sorts of, But it all takes time, and uh, it's and, and never... That's what we're interested in, is no. a solution now today. Yeah, is building a fence a solution, though? Yeah. No. I've never thought, and I, I want to make this point real quick and then I'll stop. I had never thought, till Fernando discussed it, that part of the issue is you can't go back. Yes. I had never thought about, oh, once my green card expires... I always thought, well, just go back. And it's like, well, why would I want to go back? Because I need this money, so I'm going to stay here and, and hide and hope nobody right. catches me, right. and I'm going to hang out. So maybe we create kind of our own problems because we exactly. don't make a way for people to seamlessly right. pop back and forth right. within a construct of a system. And maybe maybe that is that's part of the problem. Point. I had never well, thought of that. Well, and that's part of what makes this such an appealing di just discussion. As soon as you make it about economics, it's no longer about the social issues, the language mm -hmm. issues, the mm -hmm. school issues, mm -hmm. the integration issues. It's not about this, you know, in 10 years, this, this essentially destitute population of 80 million mm -hmm. that can't integrate socially right. because it's economics. And on mm -hmm. that, we can have a much more uh, sort of compelling process discussion. I have a question, though, which I've never seen anything on. How do they know there's 13 million? I've wondered. Because oh, that's no, it. It's I mean, a legend. I, Nobody knows. In, in reality, my... So if my, we just kind of pulled this number right, to some of extent... Of course. Well, reality, it's more than two, right? My, <laughs> then we have a problem. It's so. probably like my hunch census, is, my statistical hunch is analysis. My hunch is it's yeah. more than 13, right? My yeah. hunch is it's closer to 18 million, but 
It's a hunch. It's hard to tell. Interesting. Well, I, mean, I just always, how do, how do they know that if, if they're illegal and they're under the radar? Yeah. I don't know. This was a great discussion. Right. I mean, this is no. very cool stuff. Fernando, you are a wealth of knowledge. I bamboozle you quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to tell you, I mean, this Thanks. this is good stuff. Okay, and, and so I, have you been to Machu Picchu? I was born in the city where Machu Picchu is. Really? Yeah, I was there many times. I climbed there, went up peak and stuff. Yeah. I've always wanted to go there. You need to do My that. My in-laws are just coming. Nice. I just got back from there. They really? spent two weeks the, walking. Uh, the Inca Trail so is a cool. must to do. Yeah. Right? It's a two-day hike. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. I've seen some Mayan ruins in Belize, by the way, which are beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go there, speaking yeah, of Latin America, yeah, nice Belize is a very wonderful place. The city itself, I mean, like a number of third world countries that I've been to, it, the major city is no, a lot stay of times very destitute, and you just get pickpocketed and all that kind of stuff. If you get out to the smaller areas, they're just beautiful, wonderful people, nice. It's it's very cool. Yeah. Good stuff. I've, I have never been. Never. I've been to Tijuana, bought a bullwhip. Uh, that's that's the extent of this part of the left side. <laughs> Nineteen. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think <laughs> what you needed the bullwhip for. Uh -oh. like, Don't hold you. Uh, <laughs> do you get some leather thing too? Like? You know, it was there. There's the Indiana Jones thing. Oh, what can I say? I was, I I was striving to be we a. Perhaps yeah. drinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's where you. That's where he got the tattoo on his left buttocks. <laughs> Same time, I'll take a bullwhip and a tattoo, please. And, tattoo, yes. <laughs> and another shot of tequila. <laughs> All right, TMI. Yes, and thank you for sharing. On that note, yes. All right. Well, it is. It has been a real pleasure, Fernando. Thank you for oh, sitting down with us. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's really nice been a joy. We hope you come back and uh, sit you. with us again. So, it. Great. Uh, with that, uh, uh, you know, do we have anything else on our list? Of things to talk I about? Think so. I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're out of here. done well. This is yes. great. Thank Excellent. you. Thank you, Thanks again, guys. Down. Appreciate it. Thanks, Fernando. Thank and we will uh, we'll, uh, see you next week until Tuesday noon. We're out. This has been Tuesday Noon for September 26, 2006, a service of University of Phoenix. For more information on the show, catch up with us on the website at www.tuesday12.com and write us at the show at tuesday12.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week on Tuesday Noon.